Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Listening to At Your Service on KMOX. My name is Mike Elam, sitting in tonight in the big chair. Excited to be here. Matt's pushing all the buttons over there. We're still on the air. That's a good job, Matt. You're you're doing well with that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so you may have heard about this term called broadband. If you hear the term broadband, you may have no idea what that means. But if you go back to November 15th of 2021, Joe Biden signed the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, affectionately known as the IIJA, for $1.2 trillion. You know, that used to be a lot of money, Matt, $1.2 trillion, but not anymore. That's, that's just a drop in the bucket. But what's funny is back then you had Republicans fighting about what they wanted, Democrats fighting for what they wanted. There was one thing that they all agreed upon. billion in broadband expansion across the United States. The thing is, they said, through COVID, we've got to get everybody connected for a lot of different reasons. But they said broadband expansion across the United States is something that Republican, Democrat, independents all agreed upon. But the state of that is changing, and it's changing really fast. So to do that, I wanted to bring my boss in. So I work for I3 Broadband. It's a fiber-to-the-home provider based out of East Peoria, Illinois. And I wanted to introduce you to my CEO, Mr. Paul Cronin. Paul, thanks for being on At Your Service tonight. Uh, Thank you, Mike. It's uh, great to be here. Normally, we get to have these conversations in the hallway, but tonight we get to do it for 39 states across the United States. So it's going to be a fun time to talk with you. Absolutely. <laughs> so I, I wanted to kind of get your perspective on the changing state of our industry, because uh, you spent a lot of time in the cable industry and uh, you ran cable uh, in the Northeast for a long time. You worked for one of the largest cable providers in the country. I worked for a cable company for 11 years as well, but we both have moved over to fiber and you're seeing just an expansion of broadband that is happening across the country. And I wanted to get kind of your perspective of where have we come and where do you think that we're going? So just kind of take me back from uh, where you were in your early cable days as to where we are today and and the technology difference that you've seen happen. Yeah, I, I hate to admit my age, Mike, but uh, I get in the cable industry in the early 80s. And uh, 
back then it was certainly just you know video services that were offered and a handful of channels it was hbo and cinemax and some satellite channels and the broadcasters and that was the extent of it and it was probably about 25 dollars a month for those packages at the time mike and uh it was a video service the the bandwidth the capacity of the network was somewhat limited and over the years, the industry and companies did uh, several upgrades to the network and continued to expand capacity, uh, offered uh, high-speed Internet uh, many years ago, and then got into the phone business and since have gotten in pay-per-view and home security. So the industry has really evolved and added products and services over the years and really stretched the capacity uh, of their networks, the traditional hybrid fiber coax networks. And, you know, have done a decent job, uh, you know, expanding the capability of the network they have out there. But, you know, most recently now, Mike, it's, it's really all about fiber optics. And, you know, the difference is the really the unlimited capacity of what fiber optic technology can, uh, can offer. I mean, we're building networks now, Mike, that are 10 gig up and 10 gig down and that's really not even the limit to it i mean it's capacity beyond that but you know 10 gig uh not too many years ago was you know not really thought of uh as a capability so come a long way over the years mike and uh you know i don't see it stopping i don't i don't see this evolution of technology and capability stopping anytime soon it's interesting i i remember when you know, we used to have AOL, and we would log on, and you would hear the modem happen, and you were so excited. To, You've got mail, and thought that was great. And then we moved to DSL, and we thought DSL was a big improvement over dial-up. And then we got cable, and cable was the end-all, be-all of Internet speeds, and we thought this was amazing. But then we moved into the fiber realm of where you're talking about, and I saw a story last year of a company, I believe it was in Japan, and I, I know they juiced it on one end, but they used the fiber that you're currently putting in the ground today to serve your customers, and they got up to 317 terabits per second, which is mind-blowing speed. Sure. And when Yeah, you, it's crazy. When you look at something like that, you think, why would anybody ever need something like that? But you're really future-proofing your community when you put fiber into the, into the community, aren't you? You really are, and Mike, and you're right. I mean, just think not too many years ago, why would somebody need one gig right. in their home? But, you know, it's not only uh, the usage, it's the number of uses in the home that uh, makes a difference. You've got now the gamers, you've got streaming video, um, you've got people working from home, you have kids, home studies, and it's all happening simultaneously in the home. And so, you know, just what we thought a couple of years ago was probably not going to be uh, needed is very much needed today. And, you know, the majority of our customers might take uh, gigabit speeds just because they like the speed. They like, you know, having that capacity coming into the home. And I don't see that expansion of needs, uh, you know, stopping, um, you know, virtual reality. I mean, wherever you think technology is going to go, that infrastructure, that network is going to be there to, to meet those needs and businesses and homes alike. So you have all kinds of different companies that are getting into this fiber space now, because like we said, the federal government is putting $65 billion into this space. So tell me in your mind, where does I3 broadband fit into this fiber picture as broadband expands? Yeah, I, I would say today, Mike, 
under 50 percent of the country, I think it's about 40, low 40 percent, have fiber optics uh, in the networks in their area. So there's quite a bit of uh, expansion capabilities for fiber optics. There's uh, either traditional older networks there or in some cases in the very rural areas, you know, there isn't network at all. And so as you talked about when you opened up your segment, you know, the federal government is throwing billions of dollars towards expansion of uh, broadband networks um, to areas that many rural areas that don't have it today. And so I, I just see this, um, you know, expansion continuing. The government really wants to make sure that people have access to it, people that have been unable to get it because the economics just didn't work for companies, private companies, to go in and build areas. This subsidization by the government really helps uh, companies afford and make the economics make sense of expanding networks. So I, I think it's a good thing by the government, Mike. I, I think it really opens up, um, opens up the country and really, you know, provides access to people that didn't have it in the past. So I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm very supportive of the government effort. It's kind of that uh, electrification of America that happened in the 30s to where if the government had not stepped in back then, and run the electric lines to the rural communities. It may have been another 10, who knows, 20 years before many of those rural communities ever would have had access to electricity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a company like I3, um, you know, we're going into areas that may have traditional older networks in there, and we're offering fiber optics. And so, you know, I think, Mike, it's it's one thing to have network availability, I also think that competition in markets is a good thing. I think people having a choice between companies, um, I I think it improves the service experience for all. It certainly um, ensures uh, affordability uh, of of services long-term. So I'm very much, and I3 is very much a uh, proponent of, you know, competitive choice for consumers. I mean, the economics don't always make sense, you know, for you know, too many companies uh, in the same area, Mike. It's just too expensive to build. But uh, I think having a choice, and I, I think what I3 does in the communities we serve is we offer a choice, and uh, we're offering the latest technology, and, you know, people, um, you know, can choose their provider based on the service experience and what they feel is the best deal for their family. And uh, I think it's a good thing. I think choosing providers has really taken on a different meaning these days because, Generally, when people use the word of cable, they generally don't mean Internet. They mean video services. But what we're seeing these days in the marketplace is people want to pick their own video package, and they want to consume video how they want it, when they want it, uh, at at the times that they want it. They want an on-demand world. So you're really seeing people say, uh, I don't necessarily want everything all tied together like I used to have. I really want as fast of an Internet speed as I can get. And then let me go pick the Internet package that I want, whether that's a, a traditional television package that we know is a traditional cable package or a, a YouTube TV, a Hulu Live, a, a Direct TV, what have you. Are you seeing more of your customer base go that direction? Yeah, the vast majority, uh, Mike, of, of new customers that sign up, um, are choosing their video from other sources, either streaming sources, uh, be it Netflix or, or Amazon Prime or others. Uh, they have a choice. And, you know, we're quite happy with facilitating whatever 
uh, fits for their for their needs for their video needs. You know, we are very much a broadband company, and see ourselves providing that network into the house that enables their video experience or whatever other uh, experience they want with their network. And so, we're seeing a lot of customers where traditionally they would have signed up for a, you know a cable package. Uh, now they're saying, you know what, we're going to put together different uh, streaming services that fit our particular needs and. You're seeing that more and more every day, Mike. Even the traditional cable companies that have, you know, their video customers and packages, they're, they're dropping those pretty uh, pretty much every month, and people are really moving to that streaming service. And, you know, it's just going to continue to happen, Michael. I don't see that stopping and slowing. I think the video landscape will look very different in just a few more years. I was reading an article the other day that said 2023 may be the year that cable drops cable and what they meant was cable companies dropping video just for the just for the reasons that that you were talking about is people really want choice and and they really want to uh, incorporate that into their lifestyle whatever their lifestyle is and pick whatever fits them best so uh, before we wrap up here just real quickly where do you see the future of i3 broadband going well, we're very much a growth company. Um, we've been around quite a while in central Illinois and now have expanded into new markets in uh, the greater St. Louis area. As you know, Michael, we have a presence in New England. Um, and we think that um, we want to continue to expand both in, in those areas and potentially new areas of the country. Um, there's a lot of opportunities. I said it's about 40-some percent of the country right now has fiber optic wiring. And so uh, there's going to be opportunity for further expansion with uh, with fiber. And, you know, we'll continue to to look for areas that uh, we think fit the community needs and, uh, you know, align with our business plan. So I think you'll hear more about I3's expansion and growth over the next several years. That is Paul Cronin. He is the CEO of I3 Broadband. Paul, we appreciate you spending some time tonight on At Your Service. Thank you very much for uh, having me, Mike. We'll I appreciate you in the it. office. I'll see you then. Thank you very much. That is Paul Cronin. You know, what's going on with broadband across the country is really exciting. And we could talk a little bit more about that uh, another time. But uh, it's exciting to see where you're going to be. I used to talk to people all the time, and they said uh, after COVID happened, and we were all stuck at home consuming everything that we wanted all of a sudden. And they said, I don't know what my speed is, but whatever it is, it's woefully inadequate. How fast do you have? So we'll see how fast the rest of this night can go for us. It's at your service. My name is Mike Elam. This is KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
I didn't want to cut into that too soon. It's been a while since I've heard Creed, and I forgot who it was. Matt had to remind me. Do, 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 do. So I hope you're having a great night. Thank you for making KMOX and At Your Service a part of your... This is Tuesday evening, isn't it? Holy Pete, we're already there. My name is Mike Elam sitting in tonight. It's exciting to be on KMOX. It is about 25 after the hour, and we were just having a discussion because uh, we were talking last hour with Dr. Michael Garan talking about the hidden dangers of sugar that are putting your child's health at risk. They were coming out with all of these new restrictions, and they're talking about... Um, You know, we need to get these kids on weight loss medication and we need to, in some cases, do staple surgery of kids. And I'm like, man, can't we go a little different direction? I mean, do you really want to put your kids on meds at at that age and staple surgery for a young kid? That just seems like that's going to have some really long lasting complications. Can't we try something else to to try and keep that from happening? It seems that these days, everything's solved with a pill. I'll just give you a pill. I'll take a pill for that. Yeah, I've got a pill for this. They were talking about some weight loss drug the other day, some new weight loss drug that works really, really well, and it's thousands of dollars for a dose of it. And I thought, man, are we that fat and lazy? And the answer is, yeah, we are. That's exactly where we are. Just look at us. I saw a picture the other day. And and if you've ever been to Wrigley Field to a baseball game, you'll appreciate this. But I saw a picture the other day of what the average person looked like in the 1950s and what the average person looks like today. Do you realize the average American man weighs 50 pounds more than the average American man did in the 1950s? Why is that? Well, probably because we're a lot lazier than we used to be. I mean, for entertainment, we used to actually go, I don't know, outside. I know that was a thing. And when I was a kid, we used to take off, and my parents had no idea where I was all day long. I would be with my buddy, and we'd take off on our bikes. We'd go wherever. And our parents had no clue where we were. And they were cool with that. You know, it was the whole thing that you heard of beat the street lights home. Right, As long as you got home before it got dark, then your parents were probably cool with you. And especially if you didn't come home with a bunch of cuts and bruises, or if you had already treated them before you got home and covered them up, then that was fine too. But your, your kids were cool then. So why can't you do that these days? Because we live in a world that is just filled with crime. I was talking with John Weeman uh, last hour about the things that the legislature is going to take up in Missouri. Crime is one of the things that they're talking about. Um, They're going to try and bring state resources into areas of high crime. Welcome to St. Louis. Uh, The mayor of St. Louis was talking about in the East-West Gateway meeting in October, it was after the school shooting that we had here, and she was talking about, we need to get a crime summit together. And the rest of us kind of looked at her and said, welcome to the party. I, I don't know where you've been. But everyone in the St. Louis region knows we've got a crime problem. But all of a sudden, she's on board. But we're having to get people from all forms of government, federal, state, all down to the local level, because we've got so much crime anymore that we're afraid for our kids to just hop on their bikes and go for a ride. It's not safe anymore. Our neighborhoods aren't safe anymore. I mean, we're here in St. Louis. I'm downtown St. Louis right now. There's a hockey game going on 
just right down the block, right? And that's one of those things that I would tell you five years ago, I didn't think anything about it. Going to a baseball game, didn't think anything about it. I will tell you, especially uh, some evenings, that I would get offered Cardinal baseball tickets and I would go, yeah, I want to go to the game. But I'm not as excited as I used to be because I'm, I got a little fear of what's going on, especially I think it was last year during a, a game, after a game, they were shooting down the street. What's the street that goes from, is it Clark Street? Yep. The, so there was a shooting on Clark Street that they were just randomly firing guns. And it used to be one of those things where people said, well, it's just happening in this one area. And it's not that bad. So, and I don't live in that area, so I don't care. And then the crime started expanding a little bit more. And then a little bit more. And then people started saying, well, it's getting kind of dangerous to go downtown. I don't really want to go downtown anymore. And I thought, well, I'll just stop going downtown as much. And businesses started failing. Businesses started leaving St. Louis. St. Louis downtown, do you realize this is the lowest population the city of St. Louis has been in since 1871? Think about that. 1871. Do you realize the city of St. Louis at one point got up to over 800,000 people? We're under 300,000 in the city of St. Louis right now. Do you think there's a problem? Do you think we probably need to do something down here? I'd say there's a pretty good chance of that. They didn't want to put the city and the county together. God forbid that we merge governments. That that would be bad. I mean, St. Louis is one of only two cities in America that's in their own county. So you, you've got your own little area that you get to control. Thank God they, they cut the aldermen in half. Uh, they had 28 aldermen in the city of St. Louis, and they were all making over $42,000 a year. By the way, they all had assistance, personal assistance. I'm in the St. Charles County Council. We have seven of us. We make less than $20,000 a year to be on there, and we have two assistants for the seven of us uh, that work there. It's one of those kind of things where when your government explodes out of control and everybody gets a little bit of power, they don't want to give that power up. They want to hang on to it, and they want to control their little area. And it seems like they will control their own area at the expense of everybody else. So when you live in these collar counties, out in the suburbs, people a lot of times will say, man, I don't even go downtown anymore, and I don't care what happens down there. Let me throw this at you. So I was a corpsman in the Navy, and when I went through basic training, to get out of basic training, you had to be able to swim 200 yards. Navy guys, we're not hardcore, unless you're a SEAL. I'm just telling you, probably not. Um... So we didn't run a whole lot in the Navy because you can only run so far and then you run out of ship. And when you run out of ship, you're out of pier. Sorry, that's a different joke. But uh, you had to swim 200 yards. Why? Because if you're on a ship and the ship goes down, it creates a riptide. And that riptide would pull you down with the ship. So as the ship goes down to the bottom of the ocean, you go right down with it. I would submit to you. That's what's going on in the city of St. Louis right now. And you've seen it happen in other cities. Detroit, uh, Memphis has had it going on. When the core city starts going down the tubes, it drags everybody else down with it. So if you think, I'm going to move to the suburbs, I'm going to get away from this, you're buying time is what you're doing. You're not solving the problem. So what you got to do is figure out how can we do a regional approach? 
How can we really get into this? So I support the Speaker and I support the President of the Senate in trying to put state resources into this and try to see if we can get back to solving a problem. I don't think we're ever going to get back to my kid can hop on a bike and take off with his buddy and be gone for seven hours during the day doing whatever. It's probably good my parents didn't find out what we were out doing because, you know, we probably would have gotten in trouble if they found out a lot of it. But you're probably not going to have those days again. It's not the worst thing in the world, but I'd at least like to know when my kid leaves my house, they're going to be safe. If you can get some expectation of safety, then I think we're going in the right direction. Because the number one focus of government has got to be to keep your citizens safe. If you feel like you're safe, if you feel like you're secure, it opens up the door to so many other things. You can't fix education if you don't feel safe. You can't fix jobs if you don't feel safe. But if you can make your citizens have some sense of security, they feel some sense of, I'm safe in my home community. It builds on everything else. What are the other elements that you need? Well, you need some sort of economic development that happens. Because if you feel safe, now you need jobs. You need places to shop. You need those kind of things. You also need a workforce. Because if you've got a business, you're going to have to hire people. So that's where Scott Drocknick comes into play. He is the president and CEO of the Economic Development Center of St. Charles County. He used to be the head of workforce development, so he knows these subjects inside and out. And we are going to talk to Scott when we get to the other side of the break. My name is Mike Elam. You are listening to At Your Service. And you are listening to The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Listening to At Your Service on News Talk 1120 KMOX. My name is Mike Elam. Thanks for spending part of your Tuesday night with us. Just in case you care, the St. Louis Blues came back and won in overtime. So, what have we learned here, Matt? We've learned that I am not a good judge of how hockey games are going, are we? I actually no. I actually called this when it was 3 1, and I said, Well, we're done. I thought this was a repeat of last night's national championship game, right? We're going we're going down in flames. To the flames. As it turned out, we burned the house down and took them down with us. So Good one. Blues are a winner uh, in overtime. So who knows? Maybe we'll be on a roll. Uh, I'm trying to be optimistic. We'll see where we're going. Speaking of being on a roll, you know who's on a roll? St. Charles County. Why do I say that? Because I'm a county councilman out there and I'm a homer. Okay, there may be a lot of truth to that, but... Uh, It's also because the numbers are there. Over 400,000 in population, 44% of new job growth around the region, the number one fastest growing county in the state of Missouri for the last 20 years. Who's responsible for that? Scott Drocknick. All right. Maybe that's giving a lot of credit. But ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome the president and CEO of the Economic Development Center of St. Charles County, Mr. Scott Drocknick. Scott, how are you? Pretty good, Mr. Mike. Good being with you tonight. Hey, I appreciate you filling in on short notice. So this is this is great. It's always good to talk to you. And you and I haven't caught up in a while. And there has been a, a lot that's been that's been going on around St. Charles County, hasn't there? Well, there's always been a lot going on, especially since the '80s, '90s, and on. But let me step back one second. First off, congratulations on your first time hosting a show on KMOX. Thank you very much. I'm I'm just so excited to be here. Matt's been taking good care of me tonight to make sure that I stay between the rails. 
Well, very good. Well, thank you for inviting me to be on and talk a little bit about the region in St. Charles County. So we were having a conversation a little bit before this. All right, so it was a little more of me just ranting. But uh, just kind of talking about challenges around the region. And you're a guy who you were at the EDC. You left and ran workforce development. And you have been very much involved in the workforce issue. And that seems to be a thing. We were talking with John Weeman earlier tonight, who is now the VP of Workforce and Strategic Initiatives out at St. Charles Community College. So I guess it's a St. Charles night tonight. Um, but the, the workforce issue has really become one of the leading issues uh, that you're seeing going on, not just in the St. Louis region, but around the country, isn't it? Well, Mike, I'd go even broader than that. It's a global issue. That's why there's been a number of books written, one by the uh, president of, of Gallup Polls, but it was called The Global War for Talent. Uh, and that's because of shifting dynamics around the globe and uh, different types of needs in business and, and employment. And so uh, talent is king. Talent is, uh, is the coin of the realm these days. Why do you think, or I know you're involved in, in a lot of different groups who uh, tackle this problem, but why do you think we're seeing the worst force issues since COVID happened is really where it, it's really gone off the charts. But I, I think it was probably happening a little before COVID happened. Well, even before COVID happened, we were having uh, on average about 10,000 boomers a day in the U.S. retiring. And uh, COVID sped that up. We also lost a lot of women in the workforce, uh, especially if they had family members to take care of or if they were single moms. Uh, and now trying to get back and find affordable and available daycare has been a, a huge challenge for lots of women returning back to the workforce since COVID. So, I mean, those are big issues. And, and along the way, because of the global supply chain and the change in demands, more jobs are being created and more pressure was being put on product delivery and, and uh, origination. And there just wasn't the amount of folks to be there. So it, it, literally since around 2000, 2001, we have been stagnant in terms of workforce participation around our country. And uh, we've got to find a better way to get more folks working. Now is the time to get a job. Uh, and as inflation ticks up and, and uh, increases go up in interest rates and other issues, you need to find a job, keep it, and hold it, because folks are starting to lay off. People are talking about how the, the changing economy is going to help the workforce problem, because uh, we are going to see some changes in that. I'm I'm curious if you're hearing some ideas that people are throwing out there about how they're looking to try to tackle the workforce problem right now. Well, one of the things that I've seen happen, especially the last year or so, but I think it's beginning to cool off. We had a lot of wage inflation, and that's because wages weren't keeping up for quite some time. And so you had the great resignation or the great shift, whatever you want to call it. Lots of people were being lured away to new jobs uh, with, with new money and, and higher wages. Uh, I don't know that that's going to be continuing. Some of that's beginning to cool off. I'm seeing a lot of changes even in the area of nurses and jobs and, and uh, wages that are being offered. But but that was a change. And so there's also been new technologies. and E-commerce has grown a lot more than it has been. Uh, a lot more folks are looking into entrepreneurship and becoming their own bosses. So there there's always lots of opportunities, but the market changes. It's not constant. Uh, and I think people have been hoping for things to stay constant and easy and calm for years on end. And that's just not the way it's been for, for decades. And it's never going to be that way anyway. So I guess one of the ways that we get out of this is we develop more jobs uh, or we develop uh, more workers to go fill those jobs. When you're looking at economic development, what are the big trends that are going on in your industry these days? 
Well, here, let me tell you this, just to kind of put a little flavor to it. We began showing students how to work with coding in kindergarten, if not preschool in St. Charles County. Wow. Uh, it used, used to be that college is where you were getting interns. Now companies are beginning to realize there's a wealth of talent, especially among juniors and seniors in high school. And so they're beginning to do internships there. Uh, they're realizing they can't wait for a student to graduate high school or go into college or trade school or whatever, and then connect. They're connecting sooner and uh, providing mentorships and providing uh, scholarships and, and uh, incentives to have these people come on board and be trained, whether it's in healthcare or engineering or IT uh, or whatever the case may be. So I think businesses are, are realizing they've got to jump into the labor pool sooner. They can't wait for them to be 17, 18, 19, 20. They've got to touch down even maybe in middle school and, and younger. Uh, and, and that's one reason in St. Charles County, we never ended shop class. Shop class did not leave St. Charles County. <laughs> we, have, we have 15 to 20,000 students a year going through shop class, learning metalworking, woodworking, drafting, all of this stuff. It's just not called shop class anymore. It's called career tech uh, education. And it's, so, it's still out there, and we're needing companies to connect with that. But literally, if somebody's sitting around, uh, we have jobs. We want you to get involved. Uh, but but from my own point, Mike, and, and uh, if you disagree, I understand that we've got to be creating more jobs that link up with where people want to be. Uh, True. I'm okay if we don't build another fast food place in St. Charles County. <laughs> but I'd like to see more IT. I'd like to see more healthcare. I'd like to see more advanced manufacturing. We've got to get back to mil- making things here in the in the region, in the state, and in the country. And I know that is that is one of the things that the new speaker talked about in his speech when he took over uh, the House. Speaker Blocker was talking about the fact of the advantages that we have here in Missouri, being in the center of a country, we can move things all over the place. And I know you were very involved in uh, the establishment of the Port Authority out there and, and getting that done and putting those tools together to try to make sure that, that we can bring those type of positions to Missouri because we can get them to wherever you need to get them throughout the company throughout the country uh, very easily. Well, we are very centrally located, but... Let's be honest, I was a big player with you, and we both ran the race for the Port Authority, so you get lots more kudos on that. But now we're trying to get uh, the AIM zones going, which are part of the Port Authority. There's efforts underway on a foreign trade zone. Uh, but there is more to do reshoring and more foreign direct investment to be coming this way. Um, for decades, people have been saying we need to make more things here. I mean, to be honest, uh, the race between uh, uh, the nominee, uh, uh, Mitt Romney, and Barack Obama was beginning to talk about how do we bring things back to reshore in the U.S., And COVID and the supply chain issues have shown that we can't rely on our pharmaceuticals being made overseas. We can't rely on our chip production being made overseas. Too much of that's uh, gotten us under uh, um, situations that are untenable for our country and are not only economic issues, but uh, strategic initiatives and and, uh, national security issues. And so if for any other reason that COVID helped to bring it about, people realize we have to make things here. We can't wait for it to be shipped from a country that might not be our friend anymore and might not want to ship the stuff that we need. Well, I know you've been involved with folks in the region here. Um, What is the region doing to try to improve economic development around St. Louis? Well, with your permission, I want to give a shout out to my good friend, Jason Hall. He's just doing a great job down there at the uh, Greater STL St. Louis Inc. Group. Uh, They've been a very unifying voice. Uh, I believe they kept it nonpartisan. And they've done a lot to bring a lot of community groups, business groups, and elected groups together. Uh, We're not always going to agree on the methods, uh, but we are going to find common ground on how do we grow the economy? How do we get more people participating and benefiting from the economy? How do we make it a safer community for everybody from 
from Washington Boulevard to Washington, Missouri, from O'Fallon, Missouri to O'Fallon, Illinois. So I, I like the efforts that I'm seeing. It's still early, but they're working hard on their Jobs 2030 report, and they're going to be coming out doing a Main Street tour with us pretty soon. Uh, so that's one thing. And I think that the, the teamwork that is developed between uh, a, a lot of the, the governments as well as a lot of the economic development agencies and chambers is probably at its greatest zenith that I've ever seen in the 30 years of my career. So everything from us working with the folks at St. Louis Economic Partnership, uh, GSL, the folks at the state, Missouri Hawthorne and uh, Missouri Partnership and Hawthorne Foundation, all of these groups are working together, um, not necessarily to be in the picture, but to get the picture taken of another groundbreaking, of another ribbon cutting, of another training center opening, uh, of another group of uh, entrepreneurs doing innovative things and putting St. Louis as a region back on the map where we belong. That's exciting stuff, Scott, that that we have going on here. I didn't realize that there were that many groups that were working together uh, to address this issue. Well, it was neat to be a part of a regional delegation that was on the first flight uh, on Lufthansa direct over to Germany this summer. Usually St. Charles County hasn't been part of that. We participated this year. We had a good chance with other leaders around the metro area to talk with business owners, governmental officials, uh, and, and Bayer was a big part of that, Bayer North America and the growth that they've been doing in the area. So th- there's all kinds of things going on from the NGA and all that that means for computer science. Uh, we've got a new hydrogen networking hub that just is beginning to open up in, in uh, well, uh, Wentzville. Uh, I mean, there's neat things happening all over the place. We just need to keep moving it forward with momentum and, and again, take care of issues like making sure people have jobs, making sure people are uh, getting the education they need, working on public safety issues, but doing it together rather than trying to compete and tear one another apart. Well, that is Scott Drocknick. He is the president and CEO of the Economic Development Center of St. Charles County. Scott, I appreciate you taking some time to be on At Your Service tonight on KMOX. Mike, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for being the voice of St. Charles County and the voice of KMOX tonight. <laughs> I appreciate it. Take care, man. It's- Have a good one. It's exciting to hear about, you know, good things that are going on, contrary to what I may have been talking about earlier at this hour. But there are exciting things that are going on in St. Louis. So we'll talk about a couple of those things before we wrap up here. You are listening to At Your Service. My name is Mike Elam. This is News Talk 1120 KMOX. Serving St. Louis for over 96 years. KMOX. It is at your service. This is KMOX Radio. My name is Mike Elam, and that is Goo Goo Dolls, right? Look at that. It's Name That Tune. It's just something you play with bump music from time to time. It has been fun sitting in on KMOX tonight and doing at your service. Uh, We were just talking, uh, both the guys in the studio are are St. Louis guys. Have you ever done Be a St. Louis Tourist? Have you ever done that? So uh, years ago, when my wife and I first got married... We had no money. I was doing overnights at KSD Radio when it was classic rock. And I was making uh, $19,000 a year. Yep, don't spend it all in one place. So um, we had no money to go anywhere. So we decided to be a St. Louis tourist. And it was amazing of all the different things that you can do in St. Louis that cost little to no money. You can go to Grant's Farm. And Grant's Farm at the time was still owned by the brewery, so they had free beer there. You could do the brewery tour. And as you might imagine, they had free beer there. Now, everything that we did didn't involve free beer, but (laughs) wherever I could get it, it just made the tour a little bit better. But we went to the zoo. 
Um, we went to uh, the Science Museum. We went to um, uh, Botanical Garden, by the way. It's the Botanical Garden. It's just one garden. It's not the Botanical Gardens. So if you say that to the people at the Botanical Garden, if you put the S on the end, they get really upset with you. So just a little tip to the wise. It's a botanical garden. But there's all different things that you could do. I was thinking about that when Scott Drachnick was talking about working with all the different folks here in the region. And it, it's really exciting. If you go on and you do Explore St. Louis, there's all kinds of things. It talks about things you can do around the St. Louis area. We would love to have you out in St. Charles County to come explore historic Main Street in downtown St. Charles or come out to the wineries of Augusta, Missouri. I don't know if you knew this, Matt, but Augusta, Missouri was America's first wine Appalachia. So before there was uh, the, the uh, what's the winery in California that I'm, I'm blanking on right now? Not Sonoma, but it's uh, Napa Valley. Thank you very much. Give that man a sucker. Uh, so before there was Napa Valley, there was Augusta, Missouri, believe it or not. And they actually brought the grapes over from uh, Germany and France, and they planted them there. So... Uh, there's a lot of things to discover if you want to come to St. Louis, if you're not from St. Louis. But if you are from St. Louis, it's a great way to put together a great stay vacation because they're talking about we're supposed to have a recession next year. So you may need to stretch that dollar a little bit more than you've ever done before. There's a lot of great things to do here. Obviously, you can go to a Cardinal baseball game. You don't even have to go in the game now. You can sit out across the street at Bush uh, at the Ballpark Village, and you can watch the big screen, and you can watch the game right there. It's been fun hanging out tonight. Thanks to Matt for running the controls tonight. Uh, my name is Mike Elam. Who knows who will be here tomorrow night? It probably won't be me. Billiken basketball tomorrow. Oh, Billiken basketball. So you'll have Bob Ramsey to listen to tomorrow. There you go. It is at your service. It's KMOX. My name is Mike Elam. Have a great evening. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.